Hey, thanks for joining us here on the House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about the house, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the house app. The goal of the believer is to apply the word of God to your life, to our life. Well, hear what I'm saying. The, the goal of the believer is not to live theoretical. There's a bunch of concepts in the Bible, and I think we should pontificate and deliberate, and, and, and we should just theorize about what it could be like if we had a perfect church and a perfect nation and a perfect, and let's just, let's just theorize. Like, like, people like to do that. They spend a lot of their time in what-ifs. And wouldn't it be great? And they, they come to church to learn this theory or this theoretical thinking. But the reality is that you're supposed to apply what you're learning to your life. And there should be some consternation. There should be some conflict. There should be some challenge. Absolutely encouragement. Absolutely hope. But you shouldn't be able to stay the way you want to stay and come to church for a long time. The, the Bible should get in your mix. It should step on your toes. It should address how you conduct, come on, your approach to God and your approach to each other. So here's the deal. It's not only that we understand it, but that we do it. And so there's a step that cannot be overlooked. And before we get into um, this application phase, you have to become a receiver. You have to receive you know, we're starting this new series and this series is called Believe Again. Believe Again. You gotta you got what? Come on, like, you gotta believe again. And, and, it's, and I'm not saying that you, you have lost your faith. I am saying that, that life hits us and again, you have to go again. Again, I have to believe. Again, I have to believe. Even though maybe the resume of my life isn't that these wonderful supernatural things have always happened, my position is to believe. And so we zoomed in yesterday, last Sunday, about understanding what matters. You, you will never believe what, what, you, you, what you don't give your understanding to. Okay, there is a God. See, I have, to, I have to know that and begin to walk into that revelation and begin to have that knowing for me to even posture myself in a place where there is something higher than me. The next step, from understanding and having knowledge of God is to receive the things that he wants to give us. And so are you going to be someone who receives it? Or are you gonna be someone who rejects it? Matthew chapter 21 verse 22 says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have. There's this idea that you will never be able to impact people if you don't receive, you can only give what you have received. I can only tell you how to fish if I know how to. This ain't hard, y'all. Some of y'all got degrees. Come on. You can only know how to cook a really good pancake if you've. Some of y'all, you're, you're almost there with me. Have you ever tried to get instruction from someone who 
does not know what they're talking about. And if you have a coworker in this, that you work with, please look forward. Does that make sense? People who've read a book and they have theory and they have ideas on how it should work. I'm like, you're criticizing every year the president of the United States. You are so in debt. You don't manage your house. Your husband and wife don't even like you. Your kids don't want to be around you. And you can run the country. Come on, you can't even get the four people that live in your home to agree. Well, we just need to work across the aisle. Work across your kitchen. (laughs) It's this idea that, you know what? I've got to be a receiver. Receiving is an important key to faith. Think about it this way. Before you start giving light and hope and grace and support, you've got to first what? You've got to receive that from God. You can only give what you have. If you want to receive love, you have to, you, 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 if you want to give love, you have to receive love. John 3.16, super easy. We all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for whoever believes in him would not perish and have eternal life. In other words, you have to receive. How sad would it be if we met a child that didn't know how to open up and receive from their parents? When a hug was given, it was refused. When time was given, it wasn't appreciated. When attention was given, it was dismissed. Um, If we had proximity, we would begin to think something's off. There's a problem. There's a problem in the home, something's going on. And and we may never say it, but we would begin to blame the parents. That's exactly what we do to God. Each of us have wrestled our past and influences and wrong choices. And we all have moments where we are closed off, hard-hearted, and unresponsive to the Lord. Come on. And, 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 and I want you to know that I stand before you today. I am not perfect. I have been hurt. I have hurt people. My, my, my life has not been a picture of perfection. But here is what you have to start with. God has always been good. God has always been good. We used to say this, come on, back in the day. In the, back in the day, God is good. And all the time, you better know. He's good. And this approach, listen, will change your worldview and it will change how you approach him. If God is a good God, then I want to seek him. I want to know him because there are rewards for knowing him and putting him first in my life. My assignment today is agree to receive. You have to come into agreement to receive the things that God wants to give you. Who doesn't want to receive good things? Come on, when you go to the store, do, 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 do you want good service or bad service? When you go to the fast food, I'm not trying to stay on that, but, but like, like do, you, do you want someone? <laughs> Here's your order. No. I want good things. I like good things. Listen, I like gifts. I mean, people want to give me something. I'm not saying I like it. Come on, we've all had the bad tie. We've 
you've all had the shirt that someone gave you that don't really kind of, kind of snug, kind of snug, and so, so I'm not going to wear that. Some of you have those pants that just aren't you. Maybe nobody's told you that. I'm telling you. God doesn't give bad gifts. He only gives good ones. And so he only gives, listen, what is needed and what is valuable. I was talking to a parent the other day. They were sending their daughter off to college and they began to do the ungodly. Uh, They started cleaning her room. And I'm don't go in there. You know what I'm saying? And, and so they started cleaning. And they had bags and bags of stuff that they, they began to get out of the room. And they said that they went through cubby holes and pockets of things that were stuffed. They found checks from uh, the businesses that her daughter used to work at like years ago, uncashed. They found uh, money in cards stuffed where someone had opened it, where she had opened it, put it back in the envelope to maybe do a thank you note later, and the money was still in there, and I was like, oh, no, that don't happen in my house. <laughs> We're cashing them checks. Uh, and so, uh, you know, she was just there was so much in her room that um, she had kept things that had no real benefit. Things from like third grade or fourth grade, pictures, moments, whatever. And, and, and I think that sometimes we think that when we come to church, we're gonna learn so much that we kind of shelf this thought and shelf this thought and we don't even really know how to apply that and we don't really know how to do that. And so we'll just kind of keep it around for later because we don't wanna get rid of any concepts, but we don't really apply them to our life. And you have to receive what God's giving you. Today, we're gonna unpack a story about a woman who had a nasty issue, a huge problem that could not be met by anyone else she took a step of faith which was totally uncomfortable in order to receive from Jesus come on turn with me to Luke chapter 8 Luke chapter 8 verse uh, 43 and uh, turn to someone and say it's going to be good here we go let's jump in and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years And though she had spent all of her living on physicians, on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? And and they all denied it. And Peter's like, bruh, like (laughs) there's a crowd. We're all touching you. And Jesus said, No, someone touched me because I perceived power going from me. And the woman saw that she was not hidden and she came trembling and and falling down before him declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. We need to talk a little bit. We need to talk a little bit because there is so much anti-God on Netflix. 
There's so much anti-God. Come on, listen, on uh, Prime Video. And we've got all of these TV shows now that are, that are kind of looking at the church and some of the things that the church has done or is doing. And now even more so people are critical of uh, statements and faith and how we begin to mature and transform a body and we just need to jump in and we need to get back because here's the deal. The church cannot survive if the church doesn't believe. If we turn this into a moral club, if we turn this into the lion's club, if we turn it into, hey, we're all gonna get together and share and care. Like, like, I mean, the, the reality is it's gonna be less and less because something spiritual has to happen in you for you to continue in this world. As believers, faith is both practical and spiritual. It has, it has practical outcomes and it has spiritual outcomes. Practical outcomes of faith is discipline, work, commitment. You made a choice and your faith is in Jesus and it doesn't matter how hard it is. Jesus said, pick up your cross and carry me. And he, he, he did not say that the cross would only be 15 pounds. I don't know about you've carried a bunch of wood, but splinters are in wood. You ever put something on your shoulder for a long time? It hurts. There's this practical notion to faith where it's like you get up and you do the same thing and it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter who said something to you. It doesn't matter how your situation changes. Every day, God is good and I'm gonna get up and there's a practical component to our faith that you're not tossed by the winds of adversity. Come on. Y'all should have clapped for that. But then there's also this supernatural spiritual faith that comes but from supernatural power and, and provision where you cannot help yourself. That we can't re- reduce every scriptural moment into some help, self-help lesson where I can just give you three lists and you go out and do it and all of a sudden my life's perfect because I did everything right. There are moments where you're, you're gonna need a miracle, a spiritual moment, a Holy Spirit encounter, and you need both. So if you come to church and you need practical, write it down. And if you need spiritual, write it down. But the hope is that you come needing a, a moment with Jesus and some power is released so that you can overcome a habit or believe something, come on, listen, that you thought you couldn't. This woman came because there was a, an issue and there was a discharge issue and yet Jesus discharges power from him to her and he's like somebody, t- like somebody, like there's a lot of people around me because they think I'm great but there was one person that came around me that needed me. Churches can be full of people who, oh, Jesus, we praise you. Oh, you're so good. It's awesome. We're kind of in the fish multiplying club. Look at him. Look at my Jesus working. And you don't need him. You don't need him in your marriage. You don't need him with your kids. You don't need him with your health. Come on. Today, I want to give you three quick questions to help you identify 
Are you still a receiver? Do you have the ability to receive? Three questions to answer in order to receive. You with me? You good? Here's the first one. Will your circumstances hinder your approach to Jesus? There are moments in our life where conditions are not ideal. The loss of a family member, a financial struggle, the consequences of sin or wrong choices, sickness in your body. These moments can harden our heart and produce hopelessness. In this passage, we read that there is a real problem, a real, come on, issue. And to fully understand the context of this story, you would have to go back to Leviticus chapter 15 to understand why everybody acted the way they did with this woman. Leviticus 15, 19. And the woman, when a woman has a discharge and the discharge in her body is blood, is blood she shall be in her menstrual impurity for seven days. Whoever touches her shall be unclean until the evening. 25, we're just gonna, you, you can go read this for light reading later, okay? I don't think a lot of people have Le- Leviticus 15 uh, tattooed to their inner thigh. I don't th- <laughs> you may have missed this one is what I'm saying. You may have missed this, okay? 25, if a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, not at the time of her menstrual impurity, or if she has a discharge beyond the time of her impurity, all these days of the discharge, she shall continue in uncleanness. And in the days of her impurity, she will be unclean. Okay, you're almost got it. 31, last one. Thus you shall keep the people of Israel separate from their uncleanness, lest they die, lest they die in their uncleanness by defiling the tabernacle that is in their midst. So, the issue is now, this woman is an outcast. She's culturally unclean. She is an inconvenience to society. Man, don't be touching me. I got work to do today. I can't be like sitting up ceremonially all unclean all day long. I got people to meet. I got things to do. I got farm to be at. I, I'm, I, I, gotta, I gotta get this crop to where, don't touch me. No. Ew. She's been labeled unclean. She's complicated. She's difficult. She's in a difficult position. She is avoided. There's a huge lesson for all of us. Will your circumstances hinder your approach to Jesus? I know life is not fair. I know that it has been long. I know that there were words spoken to you and looks given to you. But I like this woman because her circumstances don't hinder her belief. She trusts in Jesus. Come on, listen. Don't let your circumstances stop your prayer life, hinder your faith, or block you from receiving. Jesus was her only option. She had tried doctors. She had done this thing. Take, save your money, go to a physician, do the thing, do the thing. I, I, listen, I am for doctors. But there comes a moment sometimes in our life when you are going to have to get another report, when culture says that you're born this way, what does God say? When culture says that this is it, we have done all we can do, what does God say? 
when your wife looks at you and says, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Or your husband, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Or your kids were brought up in church and now they want nothing to do with God. I am telling you that you will be in positions of your life where just being moral and just being good aren't enough. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? There's something about desperation that eliminates all the other options. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Jesus was her only option. She had tried and nothing else worked. Don't allow your circumstances to be the very thing that hinder your approach to Jesus. Come on, some of you need to run to Jesus. You need to run to Jesus where your kids are concerned. You need to run to Jesus in, your, in the place where your finances is. Yes, there are time for money management. And yes, you need to hit up, come on, some Dave Ramsey. And yes, you need to do some things. But right now, come on, you hear what I'm saying? Here's the second thing. And I put a blank in this on purpose because everybody's different. Why choose blank over receiving the good things from the Lord? Why choose blank? Come on, I don't know what is yours, but I wrote down five. Why choose what people think? Why choose unbelief? Why choose self-sufficiency? Why choose comfort? Why choose old habits over the good things that God wants to give you? Come on, that's good. Why choose all those? Why choose anger? Why choose porn? Why choose this addiction? God has good things for you. Those that are members here, it is my prayer that by faith you are receiving more and more from God every year that you're here. There's a, a group that we all know uh, in the 80s. Come on, Journey. Don't, don't stop. Don't stop. Thank you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5 says, <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Just messing. I'm saying, keeping it spicy. Um, and so some of you like, in your, in church people, we're, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, we're really bad. We're like, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I sing songs about believing. But you don't know how to receive. And so it's like, don't stop receiving. The transformation's in the receiving. You have to keep receiving. God has over 3,000 promises that he wants you to receive. Like you're still growing. You can't receive from anybody you don't trust. Do you trust? Come on, believe again. Faith is trusting in God. Faith isn't fantasy. It's not wish fulfillment. Okay? We're not talking about wish fulfillment. Where you're like, okay, God. I mean, Santa. I mean, God. I mean, mean, Santa. Come on. It's not about manifest. It's not about manifesting everyone's wants and desires. At the same time, God doesn't want you to be self-sufficient and forfeit the promises that he has for you and your family. This woman had to make a decision. Will I hide? Will I retreat? Will I give into my condition? Or will I take on what everybody thinks? And will I move forward and put my trust in Jesus 
and believe big because he's all I got. It's not enough to just understand what God can do. For the woman with the issue of blood, listen, that had to translate into faith. What you're learning on Sunday has to translate into an action. It has to translate into what we're talking about here has to translate on Monday, on Tuesday, come on, on Wednesday. You've got to agree to receive. God has promises. Let me, I'm just going to give you six promises that you can receive, but I encourage you to go on a quest and learn them. Here's six big ones. God promises that nothing can separate you from him. So here's the deal. You don't need to get resaved every five minutes. You need to repent. You need to repent. Because nothing can separate you. The only thing that can separate you is you. You hardening your heart and you changing your mind. But nothing can separate, not, nothing externally, nothing that happened to you, no pain, no whatever, that's a promise. Here's another promise. God's promise is that you will have everlasting life if you put your faith in him. That's why when we go to a funeral, we don't mourn the way the world mourns. But we now have a culture that, like, even in the church, people are believing in reincarnation. You, you got one life. You don't turn into a bug or a goat. I just want to say that. Some of y'all may not know. Like, we're not Hindu. Like, the reality is, this is what you got. And you're like, well, I don't like what I got. My life pretty sucky. Okay, I don't even know if you can say that at church. I just did. All the Pharisees just got mad at me. I'm sorry. Sorry. I got fleshly. I got excited. It happens. I'm just saying that you got one life. You can be angry your whole life, be mad your whole life, but at some time, you're going to realize that restoration is part of the gospel and you're going to call your kids and go, listen, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Give me a chance to be a grandparent because I will do much better. I messed up. Everlasting life. Heaven. Come on, we're all, one thing you can all know is we're all gonna die. But guess what? When we're gone here, it's present there. Come on, streets of gold, no more pain. Come on, how many of y'all have a little leg thing? Come on, I'm not talking to Devin right now. Here's, a, here's another promise. God, God promises to work everything out to, for your good. That's a promise. Now, you, you know you can say that at the wrong time, right? Don't be too quick on that. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hit you because I uh, don't believe that. I just hit you because you're not sensitive. <laughs> it's a bad, bad timing. But absolutely in time, I've seen people that their mate passed away and we were able to heal and pray and do and obviously we stood in, in a gap I'm just telling you if something's going on in your body I, we are going to pray un, until there is a verdict we are going to stand in faith and believe for you because that's what God tells us to do does that make sense okay and then two or three years all of a sudden God begins to do something and, and 
it doesn't erase the sting of hurt and pain. But Job teaches us that terrible things can happen and life can still evolve, come on, listen, into some good things. That's hard for everyone to digest. But the truth of the matter is, God will work it out. You have to, can you receive that? Or do you resist that? Here's the fourth one, that God's promise is to strengthen you. Like some of you today, you need strength. You need strength to deal with this family member. You need strength to deal with this sickness. You need strength to deal, like you are so overwhelmed by all of the questions and you need the Holy Spirit to come in and strengthen you. Why would you not want to receive that promise? I mean, I have Bible verses for all of these. Y'all know that. I'm just trying to save y'all time. Ephesians chapter 3, 14. You can write that down. Romans 8, 28, John 3. I mean, like, I'm not making this up. God promises to free you from sin. Come on, I need to talk. Y'all lean into this. Come on, don't fall asleep. Some of you that you, you, you've agreed with your addiction. I will always be angry. I will always struggle with this addiction. I will always, whatever my dad did, his dad did, my mom did, and I just, I guess I have to just live with it. No, 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 no. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unwickedness. John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. I need you to know that there may be other things that need to develop, like your character, your resistance, where you go, who you hang out with, your friend club. Like a, There's a lot to this, but I need you to know that this is a promise. Can I give you one more? God promises to take care of all of your needs. I mean, even Jesus spoke about uh, the lilies of the field and the birds. And I mean, like Philippians chapter four, verse 19. God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and according to his glory. And so I just need you to stay in a position to agree to receive. Does that make sense? Don't meditate on the negative. Don't meditate on the news. Don't meditate on the problems. Meditate on the word, come on, of God, because there are promises, and I'm only here for a little bit. Like God's moving. There's some things shifting in my life. I'm moving forward. Here's the third one. Will your faith, whoa, and God said... Let there be light. That just lets you know we don't practice, we don't over-practice church. We're just kind of making things happen here. We're just making things happen. You know what I'm saying? Don't come here and judge what we're doing. Sometimes you burn the casserole, baby. What do y'all want to do? I want to finish? Babe, we're going to finish? Okay, cool. <laughs> number three people are like I'm never coming back here where are you going next week <laughs> number three will your faith change your proximity to Jesus like what are you going to decide will your faith change your proximity to Jesus listen if this woman would have lived with this issue and, and, and given in to her fear, what would have happened to her? 
she wouldn't have received her healing. Fears hinder faith. Faith changes your proximity to Jesus. We all deal with fear. Whether it be the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, the fear of failure. Listen, listen, the fear of insignificance. When I was younger in my life, y'all, I was afraid. Afraid. I was afraid I wasn't cool enough, strong enough. I didn't want to get into trouble, so I didn't risk hardly anything. I was afraid of letting my friends think, am I weak? I was afraid of hurting my family like my father, so I didn't want to get married. And then if I did get married, I didn't want to get divorced. And I, 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 come on. Like the woman with the issue, I was struggling. It was messy. It was issues. But God had something for me. And here's what I learned. Both fear and faith believe what they cannot see will come to pass. Both fear and faith believe that they, 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 they begin to self-determine what it could be like. What we believe about God determines how close we're going to get to him. Stop believing God is mad at you. I don't know who that's for. Stop believing God's mad at you. Stop believing he's too busy for you. Stop believing that you can do it without him. First John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. Come on, Northwest Arkansas. Maybe you're second generation business and your mom and dad were always preoccupied. But I need you to know that God hears you when you pray to him. This week, we start our seek week. And it's a time for you to intentionally turn off your devices, slow down your schedule just a little bit, seek the Lord. Come Wednesday night. We're going to have worship and prayer, 630. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe, come on, that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. And why do we seek him? Because he's the ultimate authority. God's the ultimate authority. He is the only one, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present. There is nobody like him, and I'm asking you to believe again. I don't believe this story in the Bible well, so that we could be excited about the woman. There is something about her faith that she agrees to receive. And in this moment, it is a public moment. In this moment, listen to this. I love this. She moves from woman with the issue to daughter. Woman with the issue to daughter. Some of you... I am praying that the labels that the world put on you, or even when you were naive, you put on yourself. I'm too dumb. I'm too stupid. I'm too slow. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too that. I'm not, I'm not tall enough. Labels out of your mouth. Daughter, today we are so excited about all those who are about to make a decision in just a second. We're going to do baptism, and it's a public moment, a public moment. And here's the deal. Uh, the reason that we do baptisms outside is there's this concept that we want to be better outside the walls of the church than in. And so we don't do that because we're not intentional. We do that because we're intentional. You can't be public hidden in a church. That's why we do it outside. So guess what? You are going to sweat a little bit today. Don't go to your car. 
You can't make it public if nobody's there. You're going to hear this transformation story of people being baptized. And here's what I believe. Spiritual transformation is starting. Labels are changing. So here's my question. What will you agree to receive today? Can you put that question on there? What will you agree to receive today? What have you been pushing back? What do you feel like is over? Some of the dreams, some of the things, maybe God prophetically spoke of your life at a young age. You're going to do this. This is going to happen. And you know what? You've been frustrated because that, none of that has happened. And all I am telling you is this. You're going to have to position yourself to believe. And so if you're here today, you have to become a receiver. And there's a reason why we don't receive love. It's because a hurt, rejection, abandonment, brokenness, people overcommitted and underdelivered. And now we've kind of hardened our heart. And here's the posture of any leader. Listen, any Christian, if you want to make it through this world, you're going to have to have thick skinned and a soft heart. Thick skinned and a soft heart. Thick skinned and a soft heart. Come on, does that make sense? Nick over here playing drums and uh, my Nick, guitar. Sorry, I know my instruments. I've seen if y'all paying attention. And, and if, I, if I ask you to touch the tips of his fingers, which I won't because that's weird, uh, they're calloused. They're calloused so he can create. There's this strength externally that you are gonna go through stuff and you can't crumble every time something hard happens. You are thick-skinned and soft-hearted. You are humble in heart and contrite in heart and you are the first to hit your knees and say, God, I need you. But externally, I'm gonna have to walk through some crowds. I'm gonna have to make it through into meetings and moments and, and, and positions where people don't think I should belong here, but I'm going to do it. Because I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for my marriage. I'm fighting for my character. I'm fighting for my life. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.